can see now with open eyes Darkest water and deepest pain I wouldn't trade it for anything Cause my brokenness brought me to you And these wounds are a story So I'm thankful for the scars Cause without them I wouldn't know your heart And I know they'll always tell of who you are So forever I am thankful for the scars Now I'm sending Gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 14 of Rise Up Here in the Mornings. God bless you. Thank you so very much. I know it's very early for some people. If you're watching on the West Coast, it's probably very early, 6 a.m., 6.03 a.m., so welcome. Thank you for rising up with me today. It is always an honor to be able to, um, to go through my morning devotional with you, to let you know, you know what it's like for me every morning 
the the books that I go through, the leading up to the newsletter that I put out early in the morning, it all kind of coincides with, with with one another, and uh, we get to get closer to the Lord together. Now, uh, that's one great thing about this show is it's it's uh, it's non political. However, it is cultural and societal. And obviously that's going to work its way into the political realm once in a while. But the rest of the network is for politics. You know, your 10 a.m., your 11 a.m., your 12 p.m., and your 1 p.m. Soon to be adding more shows in the future. But it is an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you very much. I have my Rise Up Coffee here with me. I don't know if you guys are drinking Rise Up Coffee, but if you are, let me know in the comment thread if you already received it and if you're drinking it. Uh, American Pecan and, of course, the Sumatra Gold, which is the dark roast. So let me have a nice sip of this warm coffee. And it's very, very cold. Very cold. Uh, December 21st. So four more days until Christmas, everybody. Four more days. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. You know, and I always wondered, is it gave to me or sent to me? Because I hear people singing it two different ways. My true love sent to me or my true love gave to me. I'm not, I'm not, I, I say gave, but I hear other people say sent. Let me know in the comment thread here on Rumble if it's gave to me or sent to me. And that reminds me, it's probably a good time for us to bring up the Rumble chat right now, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, so many of you are here every single day. There we are right there, waiting for our coffee. Well, it, hopefully it gets there very soon. Great, now he's singing Christmas tunes, says Eli. It's eight below zero here. Wow, Shelly, that is cold. It's mine and my twister, uh, twin sister Sherry's birthday, says Marilyn. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Marilyn and Sherry. Happy birthday to you. Happy winter solstice, shortest day of the year. Amen on that one. Um, really bad weather in Minnesota. Um, you abused us whites every day of our lives, and he was your... He was your slaves in Egypt, Africa. Uh, I'm not sure what that meant. It went too fast. Sorry about that. Redneck said, never received my coffee. Well, I'm sure it's on the way. I'm sure it's on the way if you ordered it. Not a coffee drinker, but I'm sure enjoying my field of greens. Hey, there you go. There you go. Um, Hey, Kong, how you doing? Good to see you this morning. Uh, Be nice to Eli. I'm always nice to Eli. Well, uh, maybe not always, but uh, it's all in good good fun and good spirit. Um... North Dakota, it's going to be negative 60 on Christmas. Uh, No, thank you. You can keep that. And uh, who do we got here? I have Maple PA Coffee. Wow, sounds great. Gotta love Maple, right? Gotta love Maple. Uh, Troll, hold on a minute. I got to see this. Happy birthday to Maryland. Let me go back here and see what that was. You abused us whites every day of our lives. And we was your slaves in Egypt, India, Africa, still in Africa, and genocide your entire life in America, all Spanish, Arab, Muslims. I'm not sure what that means. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one thing about this show is that we are probably going to see a lot of lost souls coming through this chat. We're going to see a lot of lost souls just coming in once in a while. And uh, our job here on Rise Up is to open our arms and say, hey, welcome. This hour, we are going to speak about the word of God. We're going to get closer to God. We're going to grow closer to Jesus together. It's going to be an amazing time. We hope you stay with us as we go to our first uh, prayer of the morning. 
What's that? I know, it's meant to be. Eli's bothering me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't send him any money for his salary today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He's saying my hat is so white. I, yeah, I, I know that. I get that. Thank you very much for trying to look out for us, Eli. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer now, ladies and gentlemen. It's so bright. I know. That's that light, that the lamp, ladies and gentlemen, leading the way. Uh, let's remove our hats if we're wearing one, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, Thank you for this time together each and every day here on this new Rise Up podcast, Lord. Thank you for the, uh, the technology uh, in which we can get out the gospel in a, such a new way uh, in this generation that our parents didn't have and, and our grandparents didn't have. Uh, no excuse not to give the gospel to all corners of the world now. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability to be able to, uh, to get up in the morning and have health enough to be able to come together for this fellowship, this digital fellowship of this LFA family, Lord. We ask that anybody that uh, does a flyby that might come in might stay a while. Uh, stay for five, ten minutes. See what we're talking about. See how it might... Um we ask that you, that you allow them to, to see how it might pertain to their life and, and how it compares to their life. And, and Lord, we ask that if any naysayers, any non-believers, or any just downright uh, evil or disrespectful people come in, that they also take the time to just be here for a few minutes. Uh, let them come to know us as people, Lord. And um, we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. LFA producers, uh, we are not blinded by the hat. There you go. We got to have a light. I figured this white hat would be a nice light in the darkness since we are at the darkest day of the year. Uh, Ray, I think he got a job. Uh, I'm not sure who we're talking about, but I'd love to see the chat uh, moving quick. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to the show, what we do is we go through a series of devotional books uh, that I read every morning. Okay. And uh, we start with one minute prayers for dads. And we go through about five or six books. We talk about how it relates to, uh, to our lives. We go back and forth to the Rumble Chat. We let everybody, um, let everybody here kind of chime in and, and, and talk about maybe some of their experiences. Uh, we were going to start, we're gonna, we were going to start doing it uh, last week. We just haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, if you follow us here on Rumble and you follow me on Telegram, uh, you will be able to actually call in through Telegram. Uh, which is actually pretty cool, and we'll put that on the show. We just haven't gotten around to that yet. Uh, I actually, there's a lot of people that have been banned accidentally on Telegram, and uh, we got somebody to reach out to us, a friend of ours here, Jeff, to tell us how to unban people. So we're going to be working on that as we get into the new year. So let's get into it now, ladies and gentlemen. One-minute prayers for dads. And the next one that we're on is from Luke 844. And it's called Affirming Touch. Now, I want you to know what I titled today's show is No Weapon Formed Can Harm the Protected. And you hear us say it all the time, right? No weapon formed against us will prosper. So that's the title of the, this morning's newsletter. And it is the title of this morning's show. No Weapon Formed Can Harm the Protected. Luke 8:44, Affirming Touch. She came up behind him. And touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately, his discharge of blood, her discharge of blood ceased. Showing affection through appropriate touch is yet another way for dads to affirm their children. Now, I want to read that again because there's a word there that really stuck out to me that I think today rings louder than it did 20 years ago. And that's the word appropriate. 
showing affection through appropriate touch is yet another way for dads to affirm their children. We live in a world where so many people are driven by their sexual desires. And in a lot of, t- in a lot of cases, those sexual desires are towards their own daughters or their stepdaughters or children. We live in a world of pedophilia, ladies and gentlemen, to put it plain and simple. We live in a world of pedophilia and we live in a world where it is a trend to be transgender and to say that these pedophiles are maps, minor attracted persons. So the fact that we even have to put the word appropriate in any kind of text or any kind of document or writing or published, you know, devotionals lets you know what kind of world we live in. The fact that we even have to say appropriate touch. Uh, Please let Jeremy know that it's not my birthday. It's Shelly and her twin Sherry's birthday. Okay, Marilyn, got it. Shelly and Sherry, happy birthday to them. Thank you very much for for correcting. So anyway, I want to move on. Learn which of your children respond to specific forms of touch, right? My son, he pretty much only responds if I come up and give him just a quick hug. You know, just a quick hug. Hey, buddy, love you. Hope things are going well. And that's kind of what he responds to. My daughter, uh, all my daughters, respond to more of a, you know, a cuddle. You know, hold, hug them, lay your, let, let them lay their head on your shoulder, and, you know, brush their hair, stuff like that. My youngest daughter, my five-year-old, she really likes it when you tickle her back. So each child responds to a different affirming touch. But it's all very important. Like, when my kids are sick, I like to lay my hands on them and pray on them, right? Lay, that's, that's an affirming touch. Laying your hands on your child, uh, skin-to-skin contact as you pray over them, that's definitely important. It's a very, very important thing to do as a parent. When a child resists a hug or a kiss, don't force it. Start small with that child. Perhaps a simple touch to the cheek or a rub on the head. Invite your small chi- uh, children onto your lap frequently, like your five-year-old, not your 15-year-old. But again, don't force it. Let appropriate touch become a natural part of you showing affection. The prayer to that is, Lord, this woman had suffered for many years, and by merely touching Jesus' garment, she was healed. That's what touch does. It heals. Appropriate touch shows my kids that I love them. A pat on the back, a hug, a tussling of the hair, a goodnight kiss, all valid ways to show my affection. Remind me, Lord, when such an affirmation is in order, that doesn't or there doesn't need to be a reason. It's just a random silent signal that I love them. I think that's powerful. I think that's powerful because if you and I love and and the fact that they're using the word appropriate, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that they're using the word appropriate lets you know, again, what kind of world we live in. But now let's think about this. okay? if you appropriately affirm Uh, your love for your children by appropriately touching them at whatever age they're at and having that skin-to-skin contact. What that does is it builds up their courage. It builds up their safe, you know, I'm safe at home. My dad's telling me everything's going to be okay. My mom's telling me everything's going to be okay. You know, they hug us. They give us kisses. They let us know that we're strong, right? They let us know that we are strong. And that leads to a very affirmed and strong child coming into adulthood and it also lets them it it leads them to putting on their armor of god you are their armor when they are a child 
You are their armor. You are their protection against all weapons and all arrows that are coming at them. That is why we constantly say, if you put your children in harm's way by putting them in a school that you know is teaching CRT or putting them in an environment or a school that you know is teaching them to disobey their parents or something like that, well, then you are not uh, protecting them from all weapons formed against them but protecting them by putting your arms around them, wrapping your arms around them, hugging them constantly, giving them kisses, letting them know that you're there for them. What that's going to do is that is going to teach them how to put their own armor on once they fly the coop, if you know what I'm saying. Very important. Very, very important, those affirming touches from a parent, okay? So now we're going to move on to the next book, which uh, we're reading right now, which is Heaven, 90 Devotions, from our daily bread, heaven, 90 devotions from our daily bread. All right. Where we are here, where we left off yesterday. Let me get back to that one page here. We did the light of the lamb yesterday. Now, if you remember, ladies and gentlemen, the weird thing about yesterday is that the day before I actually got ahead of myself in a couple of the books here. And then, so what we did is we skipped the day ahead to kind of, uh, uh, you know, have a fresh message, obviously. And the fresh message, even though it was a day ahead, corresponded with the newsletter. So it was pretty amazing seeing those little small works of God, those acts of God uh, early in the morning like that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not liked the video yet, if you've not rumbled this show yet, please do so now. Uh, and also, if you've not shared this video, please do so now. Okay. There is no better way, there is no easier way today than to spread the gospel. We should have half of the audience that we have for LFA because half of the people that watch this show are on the East Coast. Half of them are up. They just don't want to hear about God. Give this to them. Bring this to them. Share this to them. Because if we can't share this, then we definitely cannot share the gospel in real time, in real life every day. It's that important, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We're going to read, and remember, always keep in mind the title of the day's show because that is God literally gives me that morning message, and I put that morning newsletter out before I read my devotionals. It used to be the other way around. I used to read my devotionals and then do my morning newsletter. So it just goes to show you that no matter what, if you're walking in the light of the God, it all wor- or the light of God, it all works out. So keep in mind the title of the show, No Weapon Formed Against You. Now, we're going to be reading from... Uh, 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. And this is titled, We're Safe. Wow. God has given us new birth into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now, we talked about this yesterday. Remember, we talked about the bullion. We talked about the Fort Knox. And I didn't want to get ahead of myself again and get to the next day, but shows you how even yesterday's message compares and correlates with today's message. We were talking about yesterday keeping your, you know, your safe place in heaven and how heaven is far more safe than Fort Knox, which is probably the most guarded you know, location on earth. And here we are talking again about the same verse that we read yesterday from 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4, and it says we're safe. What is the title of today's show? No weapon formed can harm the protected. What's another, way for, another name for that? Safe. 
So you see how God works, folks? You see how alive the Bible is? A lot of people say, you're cherry-picking verses of the Bible to correlate and correspond with what is going on in our government or in our political world so that they can have, you know, some kind of relevance or some kind of validity. But what I'm here to tell you is the Bible is such a living, breathing word of God that every verse compares, correlates, and corresponds with everything that you do every day. And humanity never changes. Humanity, I mean, excuse me, the word of God never changes. Humanity is ever-changing. That's what I meant. Humanity will change throughout time, but the word of God stays the same. And yet the same words that we read out of this Bible Every day, if we read the same verse every day, it would compare with what we're go- what's going on in our ever-changing uh, society, our ever-changing culture, our ever-changing ways of thinking. This, the Bible is such an amazing book, you guys, and there's no other book out there like it. There is no other book out there like it. There's no other uh, word out there like it. There's no- Here's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. 28% of the Bible is prophetic. 28% of the Bible is all about prophecy. All about prophecy. So when you're reading the Bible, 28% of the, of, of the words you're reading is prophetic material. No other faith, no other religion, and no other writings of any other religion on this planet have even 1% of prophetic material. Why is that the case? Because there were no Real prophets outside the prophets of God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of David, the God of, uh, uh, of Elisha and Elisha, the God of the Bible. There is no prophecy outside the word of God. So that means the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Torah and the Bible. There is no prophecy in Islam. None. And if there is anything that alludes to any kind of type of trying to uh, maybe lead to prophecy, it's never been proven right. The 28% of the Bible that's prophetic, 100% so far has proven to be right and true. And you can base that in science. You can base that in fact. You can base that in multiple witness testimony. You can base that in every other thing that we base truth on today 28% of the bible is prophetic material and no other book of any other religion can claim that and that's period that's a fact so you want to talk about facts versus fiction that's a fact ladies and gentlemen we're moving on one year in uh one year with jesus in the gospels ladies and gentlemen one year with jesus in the gospels okay The effects of sin. Remember the title of the show. No weapon formed can harm the protected. But what are the effects of sin? I would assume that would leave you very, very unprotected. Let's get into that. John 20, 23 says this. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. The meaning of this verse has been hotly debated for centuries. One thing is certain. It does not mean we have the power to justify a person from his sins 
so he can be born again. Only God can do that. Many people have taught that Jesus is saying that if we fail to witness to others, we are retaining their sins unto them. And if we do share his love with others, then we are remitting their sins. Although there is truth in this statement, it is not what this verse is teaching. Rather, and the verse is John 20, 23 again, folks. Rather, this verse deals with the temporal effects that sin has on a person's life. Not only is there a future death penalty for sin, but sin destroys us emotionally and physically in this life too. It is this present destruction that sin brings into a person's life that Jesus gave us the power to remit. Through intercession, we can remit a person's sin so even though he has sown to the flesh and deserves to reap corruption, he will not reap what he has sown. This is done for the purpose of losing a person from the bondage that Satan desires to hold him in until he sees the light and repents. This is only a temporary situation and must be continually repeated if the person we are praying for continues to live in sin. On the other hand, there are times when it is not in the best interest of an individual to remit his sins. There are times when he needs to be made painfully aware of the consequences of his sins. In these cases, we have power to retain his sins. That is, we withdraw our intercession and he reaps what he sows in hope that this will cause him to turn back to God. So what this is basically saying, ladies and gentlemen, is in some cases, you're going to have to let a person face the consequences, face the music. In some cases, you're going to let a, ha a person hit, have to let a person hit rock bottom because only that is going to remit and turn them around and, and change and turn them back to God. Some things you can turn them back to. Sometimes you, like we, like we do here, folks, how many times have you pulled me back on that narrow path that I've gotten off of myself? How many times have we had to pull people back on that narrow path that they've gotten off of themselves? That is what this is referring to. In a lot of cases, we can literally reach out and grab somebody by the shirt, by the collar, and pull them back to safety. We can do that through the power of Jesus. But sometimes we can't because that person's heart is so hardened. They are so re they're, they're refusing so badly your help and you reaching your hand out to help them that they're literally going to have to hit rock bottom. And how many of you have either been there where you've hit rock bottom or how many of you have had to let somebody hit rock bottom in order to turn back to God? And in some cases, they will refuse to turn back to God. They will, they will refuse to turn back to God and they will come back to you. And when they do that, you have to tell them, you can't turn back to me. You have to turn back to God in this situation. That, ladies and gentlemen, is rock bottom. But as Jody says, rock bottom means strong foundation. And that is 100% true. That is, I want to read something to you. Where's my phone? Let me read something to you. I think uh, this is why it's so easy for me to tell you guys about the bad things that I've done in my life and how bad uh, of a person that I actually was in my life. See if I saved this. This is pretty incredible. Give me a second here. I'll go back and find it. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah, I don't think I have it saved in a spot where I can immediately go get it. But it was talking about, you know, Moses was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. You know what I mean? Like David was an adulterer, right? God takes the people that are literally at their worst and turns them around to be people that he relies on to get the message out there. It is so important for people to uh, admit not only to themselves and to God, but to others, their, to others what they've done and their sins. It's that important for you. For you as an individual, as a child of God, it is very important for you to tell others who are unbelievers, others who are so very far away from God, hey, I've been there. I've been there, and I've been in worse places, and I've done worse. Let's go to the Rumble chat, ladies and gentlemen, see what you're talking about. I would like to thank Ashley Garland. She uh, starting my donation early for the... Um, for the year, God bless you and your family, Ashley Garland says. Ashley, God bless you as well. Amanda, Jeremy, I just realized Jeremy is drinking from one of my Armor of God bear cups. Yes, I am, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am. Amanda Collins made this for me. That's why I love her. She does, she does a gr- That's not why I love her. It's one of the reasons why I love her, I should say. Love the rumble chat. Jeremy, please sing happy birthday to Shelly and her twin sister. Well, I did sing happy birthday. I just sang them to the wrong person. And then I said happy birthday. But my voice needs to be saved. I can't literally sing again. But happy birthday to the both of them. It's hard to do three shows a day. By the end of the day, my voice is usually shot. So going to try to save that. All right. Uh, good morning to everybody that's just joining in. Uh, Cowboy Farmer. Hello. How you doing? Liz Bowman. How you doing? Good to see you. Miranda, thank you for joining in. Uh, KC2022 says morning from Iowa. Uh, Cat, in my darkest times, God has helped me. Amen. Same here. Same here. And and uh, that's why yesterday we played the song "There Was Jesus." You know, in the waiting, in the hurting, and the you know all of that in the in the sh- in the mountains, in the valleys, there was Jesus. He was always there. It's just a matter of you want to open your eyes and literally say, "Hey, you're here with me." You know, um, truly remarkable. And I do want to thank everybody for the uh, for the donations. Freddie started out as a troll. That's exactly right, Ray. Freddie started out as a troll. And look what happened to him. That's why uh, these people that everybody calls trolls, ladies and gentlemen, we as Christians, especially on this show, like I can understand it on a political show. I get it. I get it 100%. But on this show, we've got to open our arms up to people, folks. We just do. We just do. Sass64 says, I'm here, Jeremy, just listening. God bless you, Sass. Thank you very much. Sorry, Shelly, I feel like I ruined it for you. No, you didn't ruin it for her. She, hey, her sister got the birthday, and, and, and she's a twin, right? All right, we got to move on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next book we're going to read from is Jesus Listens, okay? Jesus Listens, ladies and gentlemen. Same author that, writes, that wrote Jesus Calling, except this is a very different perspective. Jesus Listens, okay? Compassionate Jesus. And remember, no weapon formed can harm the protected, all right? You came into the world as a light so that no one believes in you should stay in darkness on this darkest day of the year. You didn't just bring light into the world. You are the light that shines in the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it. Nothing can extinguish 
this illumination because you are infinite and all-powerful. When I believed in you, I became a child of the light. Your brightness entered my inner being, enabling me to see from your perspective things in this world and things in my heart. And if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember when you were saved, the things of the world were the things of your heart. They were synonymous. They were the ultimate synergy. You became what you desired and you desired what you became. When your spirit illuminates the contents of my heart and shows me things that are displeasing to you, help me to repent and walk in your ways. This is the road to freedom. This is the road to freedom and this is the road to reform. Folks, the same thing can be said about our country, not to get political here, but we're not going to get back to the, what, the way we want this country to be politically until we do this as a country. It is so hard to walk away from who you think you are, to walk into who you were created to be. There is a world of difference. As far as the East is from the West is who you think you are and who you were created to be. And you have to ask yourself, well, how far is it from as far as the East to the West? It's infinite because you just keep going from East to West, from East to West, from East to West. Who you think you are is infinitely different from who you were created to be. So what you're doing in your life needs to be ended today if you want to be who you were created to be and not who you always thought you were. Food for thought. Lord, I rejoice in my brightened perspective. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of your glory. But because I belong to you, I have the light of the knowledge of your glory shining on my heart and shining on my hat today. Thank you, Jesus, in your bright, illuminating name. Amen. Very, very, very important. Very important to find out who you were supposed to be, not who you think you are, because who you were supposed to be will change the world. Will change the world. What you have inside you can change the entire world. One person. That is how powerful you really are. I didn't know this until recently. I didn't know this until about the last year and a half. Now that I know this, nothing's going to stop me from God, from being who God created me to be. Nothing. Nothing and nobody. Not the federal government, not an alphabet agency, not Pharisee-like losers out there that are trying to stop me and silence me every day. Nothing's going to stop me because I am truly doing this for not me, for not you, and for not the rest of the world. I'm doing this for God now. And I have the utmost confidence, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like everybody really, 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 really needs me to sing happy birthday again. So... We are a network of the people. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shelly. Happy birthday to you. There, I have fulfilled the people's wishes. And now we can, uh, we can continue giving our light and love and honor and glory to God. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, it is truly important for you to find out who you were created to be, not who you are. Because your, your mission that you're supposed to be on right now, if you're not on it, 
is literally just growing cobwebs. That mission, that reason God plucked your soul from heaven and put your soul in a fleshly, earthly body, if you're not accomplishing that mission, then you are literally spitting in the face of God. And you do not deserve to go back to heaven. You just don't. It's that simple. The world was not created around you, nor was the world created for you. The world owes you nothing. God owes you nothing. Your family knows you nothing. I owe you nothing. You owe everything. Everything that you are, everything that you have, you owe that. You owe that to God. Moving on. Next book we're going to read from, December 21st, year of our Lord, 2022, is Every Day with Jesus. Every Day with Jesus. And what I really love about this time of year is that you read a lot of... uh, you read, you read a lot of scripture and you read a lot of devotional out of Luke. And I believe the reason for that is because the book of Luke is probably the best of the, of the gospels when it comes to the leading up to and the birth of Jesus. I, that's my personal opinion. That's arguable, right? Everybody's got an opinion on that. But if you notice... You read a lot of Luke around this time of year. And that's why I believe. That's why I believe that is. Uh, Luke 141 says, The babe leaped in her womb. Oh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. Luke 146. We, let, we read from Luke 141 yesterday. My bad. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Luke 146. And this is titled, Make God Bigger. Magnify means to Make greater in size, extent, or effect. How could Mary make God any greater in any of these ways? Furthermore, God is who he is regardless of what we think about him. Our unbelief doesn't diminish who God is, but it can diminish how much of him and his provision that we receive. In that sense, we can limit our decrease or decrease his ability to move in our lives. Every time we think, can God, question mark, we make him smaller in our minds. How can we change that? Quote, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's what Mary was doing here. Thanksgiving magnifies God in our lives. Through thanksgiving, we exercise the power of our memory to recount all the times that he has supernaturally saved us, healed us, delivered us, as well as all the prayers for others. He has answered. Our memories stir us up and thinking about God's goodness and faithfulness builds our faith. Whatever our minds focus on is what gets magnified. So if your mind is focused on regret, then regret is magnified. If your mind is focused on uh, drug use, well, then drug use will magnify. If your mind is focusing on adultery, other women, other men outside of your marriage, then that will magnify. If your mind is focused on hatred or anger or anxiety, it will magnify. Whatever your mind is set on, your heart desires. 
your human heart desires, not your soul. And you've got to find out what that is and you've got to cut it out. Because if you're not magnifying God and God alone, then something else is the God of your life. And I know people are going to say, well, Jeremy, that sounds easy for you. You're in good health. I understand that. Jeremy, that sounds easy for you. You're not homeless. I understand that. Jeremy, that sounds easy for you. You're not addicted to drugs. I understand that. But guess what? I've also been in those situations. I've been homeless. I've been in prison. I've been addicted to things. Now, I've never had bad health. But I imagine it's some along, some, something along the same lines. If you're focusing on your problems and the negative stuff, you're going to magnify it. It's that simple. If you're focusing on the positive stuff and the good things that you do have, you'll, not, you'll magnify the Lord. And that's what we need to do as a country. Magnify God. Magnify the Gospels. Magnify the Lord. Once you do that, the greatness of your life and what you are supposed to be and what God wants you to do with the remaining years of this life will also be magnified. Cindy Lou Who says, Jeremy, I needed this show today. I was feeling very defeated. Thank you. Thank you for seeing the importance of the show. Christians need to be careful how they treat others, says Kobe Jean. Amen. Amen. Diane says, I used to have a hole in my heart and couldn't fill it with anything until I found God. That's right. That's right. And S. Rose 2186 says, hard when you are a mom, kids come first. They do. But kids don't come first over God. God comes first. You magnify God and all of the things that your children need, even the things that you need for them will be met. See what I'm saying? I was a single dad for a long time. My first, uh, my, the children of uh, the mother of my first children left me with my kids and left me for months with them by myself. And I was a dad and I, I can't nurture like a mom can. So I do understand to a certain extent. I do understand to a certain extent. But what I'm saying is not to forget your kids or put your kids on a back burner. Just put God first and everything will be supplied to them and through you for them. Even if it's just them needing to shut up for an hour so you can get some peace and quiet. Okay? KC2022 says, this is is a great way to start the day. Thank you, Jeremy and Eli. Uh, It's our pleasure. It really is our pleasure. All right, let's move on. Um. Whatever our minds focus on is what gets magnified. Too often we focus on the bad memories of the past or our fears about the future. Sometimes Satan puts no more than a toothpick in our, t- in our path. But by the time we get through meditating on all the different ways it could hurt us, that toothpick has increased to the size of a log that completely blocks our path. We need to magnify the Lord by reminding ourselves that no log can stop him if we choose to believe. Mary magnified the Lord and brought the greatest miracle into the world that ever happened. You can see your miracle come to pass too. Start magnifying the Lord and watch your perception of God's greatness increase today. Do you want to know something, folks? No weapon formed can harm the protected. Title of the show today. Does that not correspond right with magnifying the Lord? 
You magnify the Lord, you are a child of God. You are a child of God, you are protected. The provisions and the resources that you need as a mother, as a father, as an individual, as a human being, as a son, as a daughter, they will be met by God. That's what he's talking about here. He's not saying forget about your problems. He's saying magnify God over your problems. Don't magnify your problems over God. He's not saying forget about your kids, put your kids on the back burner. He's saying magnify God and your kids will have everything they need and everything that you need of your kids or from your kids will be met. It's just, it's that, it's, it's again, folks, it's about perspective and shifting things around. You know what I mean? It's just about perspective and shifting things around. Katie says, amen, amen. Don't blow things out of proportion. Santa is broke as a joke this year. Danny is getting a hoverboard and Emily is getting a wireless headphone. Heads <laughs> ha says Melissa. Um, God always comes first. Without him, we have nothing. Our children are on loan to us from him. Jeremy, who writes one-minute prayers for dads? Good question. Hold on one second. That's a good question. Hold on one second. One-minute prayers for dads is written by... Come on. Nick Harrison from Harvest House Publishers. Nick Harrison from Harvest House Publishers publishers definitely a great way uh to start your day for sure all right now we're gonna get into the big book here christian ethics ladies and gentlemen this is the big one my pastor gave me this book and we've been reading a paragraph every day as we get close to the end of the show and then we do the verse of the day that i sent out in the morning newsletter okay um all right here we go see i have taught you statutes Oh, no, I read that part yesterday. Moving on. In the New Testament, the apostles often included a call to repent of sin in their evangelistic message, as Paul did in his presentation to Greek philosophers in Athens. The time of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Pretty, pretty incre- incredible right there, huh? The times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. It almost takes me back to that saying, ignorance is not innocence. That's where we are today. Ignorance is not innocence, ladies and gentlemen. There is far more than, far more resources than you need out there to uh, bring you the word of God. So if you're literally not getting it, then you're not seeking it. It's that simple. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Acts 17, 30, and 31. Peter knew this, or Peter knew that his errors, excuse me, not errors, hearers, hearers, my fault. Peter knew that his hearers were often surrounded by hostile unbelievers who mocked and persecuted them. But he reminded them that their good conduct was a testimony that God would use to bring some of them salvation, that it is the most likely sense of of glorify God on the day of visitation. Beloved, I urge you, 
as exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the, saint, on the day of visitation. Proclamation of God's moral standards to unbelievers is an essential component of evangelism for two reasons. One, unless they know God's moral standards, unbelievers will not be convicted that they have sinned against those standards, and therefore they will not repent of their sins and will not be saved. Folks, we've been talking about this, right? The way for a believer to, uh, to talk to an unbeliever, and the one thing you can't do is shame them right away. You're going to go to hell because. However, it is much more effective to teach them of the standard of God so then they can be convicted themselves. They can literally have themselves convicted to say, wait a minute, I don't meet that standard. But that standard would have alleviated X, Y, and Z in my life. Or it would have changed this outcome. And the only way for them to see that is to understand that they failed to meet God's standard. But the way to get them there isn't by saying you're going to hell because you're a liar. It's not going to work. Okay? Preaching about God's moral standards leads unbelievers to be convicted of their sin, sins, repent of their sins, and then call out to Christ for forgiveness. Unbelievers still have a conscience that by God's common grace often bears witness that the moral... Hold on, i got to switch pages here. That the moral standards that they are mocking and violating are in fact good and true moral standards to which they will be held accountable. Therefore, Christians should not be embarrassed about the Bible, but should joyfully teach and graciously advocate its moral teachings as good, in fact, wonderful standards that came from God himself. Now, folks, there are going to be people out there that say, how dare you not warn people about what's going to happen to them. How dare you preach the word of God and not speak about uh, the rapture and after the rapture. And it's not that I don't speak about them. It's that my job here on earth right now from God is to show people the joy of being in a relationship with Christ. Not what they're going to get or what they're not going to get. Not if they're going to be damned or if they're not going to be damned. Show them the joys of Christ. Then show them the standards in which I try to live by in order to receive that joy and that positive outlook and that strength to help pull others out of depression, out of drug use, out of, uh, uh, of, of the terrible things they're doing in society, which will then lead them to get away from sinning completely or at least the best you could do as a human. That's my job. And, it's, and, and, and I will talk about the day in which Jesus will judge you I will, or, 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 or and, and, and judge you to stay uh, 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 with him to go to heaven or go to hell. We'll talk about that all day long. But that's not how I spread the gospel. And that's not how God's telling me to spread the gospel. Now, if God tells me today, hey, you better talk about, uh, you know, the end times right now. And what people better do, we're at that last hour. I'll do that in a heartbeat, but that is not what God's weighing on my heart. 
Everybody serves a purpose, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody. We are all a part of the body of Christ, and we all have a, uh, a, a different part to play. But eternity with Christ is the hope of our salvation. Amen, Liz. Amen. Amen. Somebody said we have 900 and something people watching, but only 300 rumbles. We definitely should fix that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please, if you're just joining into the show, please give us a like real quick. Depending on what device you're watching on, it's either a boxing glove on the app or it's a plus sign or it's a thumbs up. Click that for us and we would appreciate, we would appreciate that, okay? And ladies and gentlemen, one more time, it is available now. Get it while it's here. Get it while it's hot. The, uh, they're selling out fast. We put, in, uh, uh, we put in another order for the coffee to be bagged in more bags so we can get that here and get that to you guys. But American Pecan and the Sumatra Gold, light and uh, medium and dark roast coffee. And, of course, we put our Lord and Savior, the cross, on the back because we are not afraid to share that gospel. And I have coffee every morning with my devotional. It's part of my day. You all knew that I was going to get a coffee out at some point. There it is. Um, I watch Diamond and Silk. Yep, Diamond and Silk, a great podcast. I love them. I love them. I love them. God-fearing women. Uh, I rumble and shared. I see 296 rumbles. We got to pump that up, folks. Everyone needs to go to preventgenocide2030.org and sign the letter, says Raphael. Thank you, Raphael. This show is growing. God is moving. Amen. This show started, what, three, four, five hundred, I think, uh, live viewers. Now we're up to a thousand. It's incredible. All right. We're going to go read the verse of the day, and then we're going to bounce because loud majority is coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. And this verse is quite long, so let's get to it. Again, no weapon formed can harm the protected. Verse of the day, Isaiah 59 Excuse me, Isaiah 54, for all those who have your Bibles, Isaiah 54, 9 through 17. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of a gate, your gates of carbuncles and your wall of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith which blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. 
and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper as long as you magnify the Lord. I had a great show with you guys today. I love each and every one of you. Be sure to uh, check out all our sponsors in the links of the description here. Show them some love during the holiday season. Let's keep them here as long as we need somebody to fill in the gap. Loud majority, Sean Farish, Kevin Smith coming up next, followed by Live from America, followed by Unafraid and then Wrong Think. We've got five hours of great programming coming up for you. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. And I will leave you with the same way I brought you in, ladies and gentlemen, and that is with the song Scars. I am thankful for my scars because without them, I wouldn't know who you are. I love you all. God bless you. Loud majority coming up next. Make sure you check them out. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. Looking back from the other side, I can see now with open eyes. Darkest water and deepest pain. I wouldn't trade it for anything Cause my brokenness brought me to you And these wounds are a story you'll use So I'm thankful for